Welcome to Chicana and Latina Moms Podcast. This is our podcast. Un lugar donde hablaremos sobre la salud mental, cultura, como chicanas and Latina moms. La importancia de self-love, self-care, self-compassion. Y el recordatorio que somos chingonas. Y que esta es una revolución y una evolución para crear la mejor versión de nuestro ser. Because we can. Because calladitas, no more. You're listening to Chicana and Latina Moms podcast. The content is not intended to replace or substitute for any professional counseling or therapeutic advice. Hola, Chicana and Latina Moms. ¿Cómo están? Thank you so much for being here. And we have an amazing Chingona guest speaker, Chris Madrigal. Hola, Chris. ¿Cómo estás? And thank you so much for being here. Hola, hola. Um, muy bien. I am super excited to, to sit here and have this conversation with you and all your listeners. Uh, I think you share so much with you. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you so much. And um, again, the question I always, like, for some reason, just started asking because I just, like, it's just very, you know, straightforward and just, like, wanting to know, right, about all the Chingonaga speakers. Pero, ¿quién es Cris Madrigal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Cris Madrigal. So, I'm a first-gen Mexican-American um, whose parents immigrated from high school um, oh, nice. to the States. And, um, you know, had a childhood here, and I've been meeting two siblings, two older siblings, and um, we were blessed with the opportunity to experience or through um, Mexican culture. Our parents um, <clears throat> gave us the opportunity to go to school in Mexico, where we would live, you know, six months here in the U.S. and six months in Mexico. Oh, okay. It, it really gave us this true love for our, our culture. Yeah. Um, and so it's something that we would look forward to every year, right? And we, my parents got to, um, or I got to the age where it was, you know, high school time, and my parents asked, you know, where, where do you prefer to go to school? Here or in Mexico? I had already seen kind of the struggles or the difficulties of attaining a higher education in Mexico. Mm-hmm. So I had a desire to uh, get a higher education. So that's when, like, you know, we officially stayed here in the U.S. as the youngest of three okay. and um, went to college, you know, got my education in international business um, and managed, got a master's in communication studies. And after that, I began my career um, in human resources, and I've been working in the corporate world, working for the same Fortune 500 for the past 18 years um, in human resources oh, in that okay. time frame as well. Yeah, so in that same time frame, I um, met my now husband, you know, got married, had children, we have three beautiful children. Um, our son is about to turn 14, 
and we have identical twin girl mm. who um, just turned 12 last week. So no. it has been a beautiful journey. Um, it's been a uh, challenging journey in motherhood um, with our yes. identical <laughs> twin daughters. Oh, wow. They have. And so that, um, that whole journey of life, you know, showing motherhood is what then brought me to a place of needing to find balance in my life. And so that led me to become a career life and mindset coach. And now I, my life's purpose is just to go and help other women um, achieve that, you know, help yeah. other women grow and, and ascend. And so that's, that's in a in a nutshell from Chris Madrigales. Yeah. Oh my god. So that's pretty cool. You were able to go to Mexico for six months and then, you know, in the States in the, another six months. So you, you definitely know um you've lived like the culture there in Mexico too. So that's that's pretty cool. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's, and it's so different. Yeah. So different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so different. Um to experience and I am so grateful for that opportunity because it taught me so much yeah so much in terms of you know just being grateful for the opportunity that we have living here in the U.S. yes definitely that's really nice so um what where are your parents from they're from Jalisco. It's you a said, small town called Yawalica. Oh, Yawalica. Okay. You said Jalisco. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I've heard of it. I've heard of, of people say that. That little town. Oh, okay. Never been. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so nice. Where are you from? Where? Um, so my mom is from Michoacan. And my dad mm-hmm. is from Dolores, Hidalgo, Guanajuato. But I was um, born, yeah, I mean, Chicana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's really, really nice. You know, I mean, it can be nice to have its pros and cons to be, you know, Mexican American because, you know, growing up, it was like all hardcore Mexican, you know, food and music. <laughs> and then you would go to school and then, or you would go to your friend's houses, or I, I, I would go some, to some of my friend's houses and some that were not, you know, Mexican or they were white, it was like, oh my God, I feel like I don't belong. And it was like, why would I ever think that, you know? But it's interesting um, how sometimes we feel like I don't belong here. And it's like, wait a minute, I'm Mexican-American. Like, I'm in the middle. Like, it's okay, right? I mean, now I don't have that issue. But growing up, definitely, it was a little challenging. Um, But have you ever felt that? Yeah. Yes, and so it's interesting you brought that up because um with that with that you just said because um during that period of time, like you know, the six months here and the six months in Mexico, while we were here, it just felt um like I didn't belong, just like you said. Yeah. And it, we would go to Mexico every December and it's almost like Oh, this is home, right? This is what I know. This is what I'm used to. This is um, where my parents would allow me to go and be with my friends. Yeah. And just eat. 
Yeah. So we would come back to the stage, and then it felt almost like a lonely stage, right? Because there was those trust issues. Like, you know, you can't go there. You can't do this. And yeah. So there were just different interests because I did grow up in a small town here that there wasn't as many um, Hispanics, Latinos, and Hispanics in the school. Yeah. That we were going to. I mean, and the ones that were there were pretty much family. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so it was interesting because I did feel that, you know, up, it was almost like, yeah, yeah. And interesting enough, yeah. when I moved to San Jose for college, it's almost like I found home again. Yeah. Why? Because there's more people that, you yeah. know, I could relate with. Yeah, there's more raza for sure. Yeah, there's there's these cities right here in the U.S. where we're just like, okay, you know, whenever I go to East L.A. or, you know, anywhere, in the, I'm like, raza, like, I don't know, I just, I'm like, okay, I'm at home, you know, <laughs> I go to another city and it's just Asians, I'm like, oh my God, I feel like I don't belong, but I'm like, wait a minute, we're still in the United States, like, one day I walked into mm-hmm. a, a grocery store, it was like all like, um, you know, a, like an Asian store, and I mean, because I love it. I love to explore new things. And oh my God, I felt so awkward. But I was like, why do I feel awkward? We're in the United States. Like, even if I wasn't, I mean, if I was in their country, I would <laughs> probably be a little like, okay, you know, I, I do feel odd. I'm not from here. But sometimes we get that like imposter syndrome, right? To think that like we don't belong. Oh, yeah. And it's it's pretty interesting how it creeps up. But, you know, um, and it's just reminding ourselves like no we're not less you know and I think this goes back to the generational you know obviously traumas in the history you know of our gente Mm -hmm. and making them feel like our ancestor making them feel like they didn't belong or they were less um and it's better to quedate callada no digas nada porque pues así no creas problemas and then ah it's just that's not it just doesn't work maybe sometimes because we have to be wise and know how to you know but at the end of the mm-hmm. day we want to like you said we want to put ourselves um first at times and and not feel guilty so what um motivated you to be a coach wow uh, great question so i'm gonna say 2020 so 2020 was just a different year for all of us. But yes. this is even like pre, you know, COVID, you know, blowing up. Yeah. I got to space um, kind of mid-2019 where I had reached a really difficult um, place in in life. And I say that from a standpoint of, you know, I was the mom, the wife, you know, the, the employee, you know, corporate mom, everything that. I reached a point where I didn't really recognize myself and I wasn't liking how I was showing up in life. And so um, motherhood has been uh, a difficult journey for me. So we have our identical twin daughters that are 12 now. Yeah. They have what is called 22 deletion syndrome. And so with that came a lot of um, challenges, right? You know, they were born and they had not open heart surgery when they were born. Mm. Uh, it just uh, every developmental delay you can think of, you know, every type of therapy you can think of, they've been through um, so many different things. And I think I was just so consumed and making sure that they were getting all the all the 
um, attention they needed to thrive and, and do well, which they are, they're doing amazing. And plus, you know, when they were born, we had a son who was not even two yet. And so trying to find that balance, you know, between giving our daughters the care that they needed, giving our son the attention he needed, trying to keep a marriage alive that I've always depleted. You know, I'm yeah. uh, the breadwinner in our, fa- in our family simply because that worked for my husband and I. You know, there was, um, yeah. he worked part-time, and uh, he was the one that was taking, you know, the girls to different appointments and therapy. So that just was the dynamic of our household. But I think it reached the point that um, it became too much, and I didn't know, it, like, I didn't like how I was showing up in life. So at that time, I ended up working with coaches. So I started to work, you know, with coaches back, I'm going to say at the beginning of 2020. Oh, okay. I loved the transformation. I loved the transformation. And then, um, you know, continue to elevate, you know, in terms of, um, investing in, in higher, um, in higher coaches, more one-on-one, I should say, not higher, but more one-on-one coaching. Yeah. And the transformation was so powerful and I loved it. That's what made me go and become a coach myself, mm, you know, okay. and also working in the space of human resources. It's like, I've been coaching for my entire career. Yeah. In a slightly different capacity, right? In a different area, focused to differently. Now... I saw the impact and the change that it had in my life and how it changed my life. Now, do that for others. And that's what led me to become a coach and specifically serve more, I don't know, I have a passion to serve our Latino community simply because there's so many, um, how do I want to word this? Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe we're not as open to receive the help that we need. Yeah. Um, yeah, that and, and I don't know if you see that based on your career, right, and your background. Yeah, no, yeah. Sometimes you know we think it's it's hard to um, ask for help, right? We don't do it. I, you know, I had actually responded to a question and to um, a lady on TikTok who you know tagged me, and. I told her, you know, I think the reason that our community has a difficult time asking for help is because it it goes back linked to poverty, right? So a lot of our ancestors had to pretty much um, struggle alone, you know, the government and, you know, other people were not able to provide because they were struggling themselves, you know? I mean, the government, we know there's the politics behind that, but... A lot of our ancestors struggled a lot. I think um, they did the best with what they could. And they're like, pues yo lo hice sola. No agarré, no tenía, you know. So yeah. that that way of vocalizing, yo lo hice sola, yo pude, y nadie me ayudó, mm-hmm. y, y el generational trauma. Like, you know, we become resilient, yeah. but at some point we become hard. Like, we want to be strong and strong, but the strong have the right to break sometimes. So we need to be able to change that perspective, right? So... I agree with you in regards to that. Yes, we can have a difficult time, especially because nowadays, like, people would say, like, hey, why do I ask for help? I can just Google it. But you know what? I do want to say this, that, yes, you can say, you know, might someone might tell you, why didn't you just Google it if you didn't, like, you know, the answer. Or maybe some people won't say that. But 
even though we have these platforms of Google and other areas, yes, we can use it, but it's so different when you get a perspective and a heart-to-heart conversation with someone that's really willing to help yes. you, you know? Um, and I've always hear a lot of my clients like in therapy that will say like, you know, I do have friends, but I don't want to bother them. And I said, look, hold on a second. I said, if they are your true friends and you ask for help, trust that they're going to make time for you, just like you would make the time for them. So if you know in your heart that they would do that for you, use it, use it because we cannot navigate motherhood or any other areas of life alone. So yes, asking for help can be very, very challenging. That's for sure. And you just said something that I think is super important. Um, you said you can't navigate motherhood alone. And I think that was part of my situation yeah. where um, I have these beautiful daughters that have all these, you know, yeah. difficulties. However, in the space of, you know, other children with the same diagnosis that they have, they're doing exceptionally well, right? Mm. And so I almost felt like I couldn't reach out to that same community because it, it almost felt like look at right? Yeah. But at the same time, I didn't feel a part of just like your average, hey, let's go have a play date because my daughter is physically we're not meeting the milestones of others their age. Like, I couldn't go to the park. They couldn't walk. You know, I couldn't go here. You know, they were just that delayed. Yeah. And so, navigating that space alone, like you said, it's like, I could do it. I could do it. I got this. I think ultimately reached that tipping point where I couldn't. Yeah. But, interesting enough, I didn't think at that time that I needed therapy. I didn't think that motherhood was um, a trauma. And it's not so very recently. And just kind of working with myself, you know, just growing yeah. my, myself and doing all that. Uh, looking back, it's like, you know what? No, motherhood. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. It's traumatic. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it it takes a toll into our body. You know, some women love to be pregnant. Some are like, oh, I don't like it. It changes your body, I mean, permanently at times, you know. Um, And then it's like another little human being. Then it's like your issues. And then it's like their needs. And it's like, ah, you know, and then then twins, right? It's like they're beautiful, you you know, but it's just like, oh, my goodness. It takes a toll, definitely. You know, it happens. It's And if there's a person out there that says, like, no, like, my life is perfect, that is not true. Like, motherhood is not perfect. Like, it is not. <laughs> not at all. Oh, and, my gosh, no. Through, through my journey, you know, in the last several years and becoming a coach, um, that's where I really embodied the concept of life balance, you know, where we have to find that balance through um, our mind, then our heart, then our body. And what I teach women is, you know, and it starts with our mindset, right? We have to be able to um, manage our mind, manage our thoughts. That takes a lot of work mm-hmm. because we've been programmed a certain way um, 
for how many years, you know, how old you are in my case, I'm like 44, you know, so I've had this programming for over 40 years. That was what I was used to. So it was going through, I found the most difficult part of reprogramming your mind, you know, reprogramming those habits that don't serve us. And perhaps we didn't even know um, they weren't serving us because that's what we were used to, right? Through, yeah. through our parents, through our generations. And so like I said, it's breaking those generational habits or beliefs that don't serve us today and having mm-hmm. the courage to do it. And so I said, you know, once you can achieve that mindset balance, reprogramming your mind, it's almost like you can, um, I say, then heal your heart. So why heal? Because so many times we feel, as mothers, for example, we feel guilty because we can't show up for our children the way we desire. You know, we get home from work, we're super exhausted. All our children want is our attention, yet we're just like, nobody talk to me right now. Just need a few minutes, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we have the. <laughs> I know. No time for our spouse, and at least in my case, you know, that's how I felt. And so once I'm able to just kind of reprogram my mind and work through that, I was able to enjoy what I had in front of me. And it's my children my spouse, you know, yeah. whatever, and really embrace it. And that's when I say, you know, kind of heal your heart. And once I have the ability to do that, you know what, it went into a whole other level now when I say a body transformation, mm-hmm. because simultaneously, I um, I reached a point around, you know, 20, 20 times and such and on, where I started breaking out in height. Mm. And no idea going to multiple doctors, doing multiple things, all these things. And for four years, it's been the same thing, you know, breaking out in hives with no answers. Now I've realized that it's like, well, yeah, combination of, you know, perhaps how we eat or whatever, but um, it was a lot of the overwhelm, the stress, the anxiety, Mm -hmm. all those things that, you know, my body was now telling me, hey, I know. And this is my interpretation now of, you know, going through this, healing journey with my body was more of, I know my body's trying to tell me something. And so now I need to listen. Like now I am in a head space where I can do something without it feeling even more overwhelming. You know, I, I feel all the love and joy around me, but there's a piece missing, which is healing my body. And that's part of the journey, you know, healing from the inside out. And when you can, you know, uh, transform your mind, you know, feel your heart and your and transform your body. It's like a full life transformation and that's where you find that lifestyle. Yeah. 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 It's it's challenging, but it's very um rewarding. Right, the mind, oh, the heart, absolutely. the body transformation. Because we're visual human beings, right? Like, um, I mean, mm-hmm. I know there's people that can't see, but they they their senses get stronger with time because you know yeah. they're blind. But for those who do have a vision, we we want to see things that's like if I don't see it, then it's not true. But the thing is that you know the most beautiful things are not seen; they're felt. You know, when you kiss yeah. someone that you love, you close your eyes. You're just in the moment. When you pray, you close your eyes and you're connecting. When you meditate, um, you close your eyes and you feel, right? So when we sleep, obviously, we close our eyes. And 
even in that moment, we're still transforming our body because when we rest, um, those eight, seven hours or nine hours, not three, four, you know, cause that's unhealthy. Then our, our blood, right. Rejuvenates itself. Our intestine. It's just amazing how things happen. But, um, the most beautiful things are not seen. They're felt. So like, like you said right now, you know, doing the work internal, like inside out, you know, we want to transform our bodies and physically because health is wealth. Right. But it, it yes. is cuesta, and that's it's challenging, but it's rewarding because the outcome be like, oh my goodness, like I did it. And if everything was easy, it would be, I don't know, like a boring life probably, you know. <laughs> um, even though, yeah, even though some will choose a, the easy route and we know it's not rewarding. That's a fact already, but yeah. It is true. I mean, I love what you say because... Um, Feeling is the secret, right? And I love that quote by Neville Goddard because if you really come to think about it, everything you just said is fine, you know? Feeling is yeah. the secret to everything because how you feel is going to determine how you're going to live your life, how mm-hmm. you respond to things. And um, that was just part of the reason as well. When I was, you know, when I became a coach, you know, I then designed this program, my signature program called the Reinvention Code because that's what it is. You know, you're going to reinvent yourself. Go through yeah. that process of, you know, those three things, you know, feeling your mind, your heart, and then your body. And it's difficult. Yeah. You're right. It's not easy. Those things are not easy, to your point. Todo lo hiciera. Todo lo hiciera. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah. not the case. Yeah, that's and true. And how much are you willing to, to do the work, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then if we dissect the mind, the heart, and body, and we put them in these categories, it's always like, okay, you know, how, what are you doing to feed your mind, right? Like, mm-hmm. what, what mental health strategies are you implementing? What grounding, what self-care? How are you shifting those negative thoughts to realistic thoughts, right? Because thoughts are not facts. So we want to be able to always remember that. Is it a fact or an opinion? And and. And be able to do that work with our, our mind, right? Like our mental health, right? And um, mm-hmm. and then you know, shifting like to the heart, like what do you do that you love, you know? And how do you bring this self love and this presence with your family, with your kids, with you know, with your community? You know, I think as you know, as a community that we are. We all have this responsibility to one, educate ourselves and share that knowledge with our community, right? So, um, what like the platform that you have, right? You share also like your your knowledge and, and your wisdom, right? So that heart, like that love you have for your career, you know, is shown with how you, you know, share that knowledge with others. And then it goes into like the body. So when you feel good mentally and you feel good with this love that you have for yourself in your life and being grateful, now life's never going to be perfect, right? But the body, Mm -hmm. then we're going to want to improve our health. And yeah, right. So how would you in in your sessions address like or mind, heart and body? If that makes sense. Yeah. No, of course. Um, So really, we start with just 
going through kind of that reset, right? Um, women come to me and we start through the first part of just what is it that you really desire in life? What do you want in life? And I'm going to tell you, so many people cannot answer that question yeah. because they haven't put themselves first in a really long time. So we kind of start that journey of, you know, what do you really desire in life? If there was no obstacles, you know, no time, money, no obstacles at all, what do you what do you desire? And it starts with, you know, let's get yourself to start dreaming again, to really focus on not what anybody else wants, but what you want, without feeling like it's um, selfish to do that. So yeah. once we start, like, really getting you excited about what it is that you really desire, then we move towards that reprogramming of your mind. You know, how to break those habitual um, uh, patterns that don't serve us. Yeah. You know, um, I call it, you know, there's the knowing, doing, gap where you know what you have to do, but you don't do it anyways. You know, and it's yeah. how do we close that gap? How do we close that gap? And it's part of that reprogramming. And I tell them that's like the hardest part. So once you kind of shift to um, that reprogramming of your mind and really focusing on things that you desire so much, then we start to find that inner balance, that inner peace, where, like you said, you start to enjoy and love the things that you do. You have something to look forward to. Yeah. It's almost like your goals and your 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 dreams are your GPS in life. Like you have direction now. Mm-hmm. And when you can find that balance in your mind and really find the love that, you know, you really desire. I'm not saying that people don't have the love. It's just more of like that self-love and showing up for yourself. Yeah. Once you do that, I'm going to tell you, just to your point, it makes it easier to say, in order for me to achieve all these things, I need to be in optimal health. Because one of the biggest things that people want when I talk to them is, you know, health is the number, almost, I'm going to say probably the number one thing, if not second, that comes up. Yeah. Once you're able to go through that, through that sequence, to your point, now you're like, I want to do this. And you have the right mindset to go after, to go after that. And it's hard. And I'll tell you quickly, you know, and me going through kind of my healing journey. And I'm like, you know, healing from the inside out. It was a really tough, you know, few months when I I started to see a um, functional nutritionist. Mm. And it was really hard. You know, with kind of the food elimination and all that, I'm like at the lowest weight I've been in 25 years, and I'm like having this a little bit of mind trauma over over how thin I am. And um, I just tell it, you know, really more than anything, adopt the identity of Chris, who has the power to heal herself from the inside out. Yeah, because I have that capacity. Base, you know, that's not going to be the case all the time, you know, because obviously there's different um, diseases and things out there in this world. But in my case, it's like, no, once you can adopt and take on that new identity of yourself, then you're going to start to quantum leap in your life. And it's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It, and like, you're sharing it, right? And it just sounds like, like, obviously you struggled and, but you pushed through right? Because like you said, there has to be that goal at the end to know like, what's the purpose. And obviously, yes, we're mothers and we're like for our kids, but then at some point can't just all be a hundred percent for our kids. So we have to do it for ourselves too, right? Like, 
So you saw yeah. that. It sounds like, as I hear you say, um, this is like you did it because you love yourself and you're putting yourself first. Yeah. So that's, that's really um, powerful because then that's, when we start to do that as mothers, that's what we end up giving to our kids an example of modeling because kids don't learn just with what we say, but with how, what we do. Right. So, um, they're going to struggle. And that's, I think the scary part as, as mothers that we're like, Oh my goodness, I want to prevent all these things from happening to my kids. But the thing is that it's part of life and our kids are going to struggle. And in order for him to, to have those adequate tools, um, we need to use them first and we need to model them, you know, um, so they know that putting ourselves first or one being putting themselves first is, is not bad and it's okay to feel guilty sometimes part of the package deal if it's new, but eventually Mm -hmm. it'll get better. (laughs) It'll get better for sure. Um, but yeah, you, you nailed it. You know, it's, it's that self love and it took me a long time to identify that that was the missing piece in my life Yeah, because I've been so used to pouring myself out to others, which is not bad, right? But mm-hmm. then we have to find that guy. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're not alone. I definitely was there myself where it was like people pleasing, oversharing because I'm a recovering people pleaser <laughs> that I say, because <laughs> it was like, Oh my gosh, you know, but now I'm so grateful. I mean, I'm 43, so now I'm like, oh my God, the 40s are great. <laughs> 40s are great. Yes. You know, obviously we learn um, from mistakes and we move forward, but definitely um, it's rewarding when we make the time, you know, to bring silence sometimes in our lives, right? Like to put ourselves for, and I think yes. I, I'm saying that because I'm going back to what you said about you know asking your clients like what is it that you want to do like what brings you joy or something like that right like what you ask in que quieres hacer en tu vida and and most of the the people say I don't know and that's true because I've had those same answers with my clients they're like I don't know I don't even know who I am how do I know like what I want mm-hmm. so you know one of the things you know that I'll share is I will in I will let um, the clients know, like, look, learn how to feel comfortable in silence. A lot of the times we're not comfortable in silence because there's a lot of chaos in our mind. And we start to pay attention to doubt, to, you know, fears and yes, those, those outcomes of traumas, those negative thoughts, and especially those negative labels that a lot of, you know, parents unfortunately give to their kids and now they're adults and they continue to think that maybe they're not smart enough or the common word pendeja you know or this and that Mm -hmm. so and, and it's not that so I always tell them like make time for silence and learn how to be okay with it because all of your answers are within you and when you make those, yeah. those, uh, you make that time to bring silence, it'll come up like by you just bringing silence and turning off the radio and just driving answers will come up and you'll be like, like, an, like Oprah says an aha moment, you know? And it's like, uh-huh. Oh my goodness. Like, and all because I brought silence into my space, you know? Um, 
and then we end up figuring out like this is what I would want to do and following your gut instinct you know if right now I always tell people too like if you feel stuck and you don't know what career you want follow your gut instinct like at this moment donde te gustaría trabajar okay I would like to maybe you know I don't know take care of kids all right start up there get a part-time job full-time whatever start working there then maybe there you're like oh my goodness like what if I open my own child care center there you go. You become an entrepreneur, yeah. you, do, you know, or like, hey, I want to be a teacher. But you start off by following your gut. Um, aunque en el momento, claro, no vas a ser, you know, millones. Pero when you follow your gut and you are focused in like, okay, mind, heart, and body. And I think I also want to add spirit to this as well because, Ooh, you know, yes. in, in our culture, you know, faith is a big thing, right? Las abuelitas rezando. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's one of the things that I personally do. I, in, I always say I have my checklist of my day, mind, body, spirit. And I'm just like, all right, my, my spirit, how am I going to connect with God? Okay, I make time every single morning. I've been doing that for almost like two and a half years mm-hmm. now. And it's just like so awesome. And then my mind, okay, be in tune and not letting these negative thoughts creep in. Okay, and body, doing my 30-minute walk, <laughs> you know? So mm-hmm. it's just like a checklist, you know, and that's kind of what I hear you say. You talk to your clients and you focus on on these aspects of putting themselves first, and which is so awesome, so awesome what what you're doing. And um, yes, thank you. Yeah. So, what are some three takeaways, you know, that you can suggest for the listeners, kind of like freebies, <laughs> you know, for them yeah, to. Yeah. To take um, based on your work um, of putting themselves first? Yeah, I love it. Uh, one of them would be, you know, in order for you to show up in life or show up for others the way you truly desire to do that, um, you have to show up for yourself first. And that starts, again, by putting yourself first, putting putting your needs there and knowing that focusing on you and putting yourself first is not necessary. I'm sorry, it's necessary. It's not selfish. It's necessary. Yeah, it's not and selfish. So, yeah. um, right. It's not selfish. It's necessary. And so um, that's super important. And another thing is, you know, to find a space, find a community where you can connect and um, be able to spend time with like-minded people who are on that journey um, to grow. And that's where, um, when you're talking about, you know, trust your gut, trust your intuition. That's where I'm launching um, the Latina growth uh, community. And it's a brand that, you know, just represents who I am as an individual and that direction that I'm headed in life, which is to bring others on a journey of growth and expansion. Because as a first-generation Latina, I face, you know, the struggles of growing up in a country not native to my parents and, you know, just kind of face that, those polarities of two beautiful cultures to truly find myself, right? And so yeah. now it's, you know, my life's purpose to help you grow and expand and ascend to the highest version of yourself, you know, to grow your mind and inspire you to bring your imagination to existence, um, to go after your wildest dreams in life. And so 
if you don't have a space, you know, I would like to invite your listeners to, yeah, to join sure. me. It's the Latina Growth um, Society. It's a Facebook community, and I am super excited because I am just re- I'm launching this new community, and I'm very excited. It's not, you know, yeah. just for Latinos, but that, that represents me and where my heart holds me, and that's what I desire for others, to find that state where putting yourself first feels good to you so yeah. you can then turn around and just find that life balance that you still desire yeah that was a little long-winded but no 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 it's okay yeah no that's good I'm glad you're able to have that social media platform because it, it is needed you know and you know Yes, we do see a lot of our platforms out there, but that's the beauty. You know, one platform can be like, this is my niche. And the other one's like, okay, I'll take a little bit from here. So it's just like, it's opened, <laughs> right? There's a lot of options. Yeah. So I am so glad that you are you were able to um, bring this because it's, like I said, it's so needed. Um, and yes, like you said earlier, um Putting yourself first is not selfish, and even if it's getting your nails done, and or you you have your kids being taken care of by you know I don't know a family member or a friend just for a few hours, enjoy and soak in that that um that alone time <laughs> because mm-hmm. it makes a difference. You know I know a lot of our um, hermanas, you know all of our female sisters here, Chicanas and Latinas. Um, and our daughters, and even for guys, but I guess I'm going to target just us females, that in our society right now, it's really scary to walk by ourselves, go for a jog, um, and, you know, human trafficking is definitely, ooh, mm-hmm. it's it's out there, so we definitely have to be very careful and look out for each other, but yet, not it's not that all men are always, because it's not all men, there's some men, who are part of that. And then there are females out there that unfortunately are part of that too. So we, you know, that's a sad part, right? That we have to keep our guard up for safety. But when we put ourselves first and we do go out there in our community, we do have to be very careful and bring safety um, because it is protecting our body. You know, it's protecting our space and protecting our children because um, it's, our society is definitely... It has its pros and cons, as we already know. But I highlight yeah. that out because I really have this, like, just um, love in, in, in giving knowledge on human trafficking. And when whenever we talk about putting ourselves first and we do go out there solas, a la tienda, a la Target, Walmart, whatever, make sure yeah. and be very, very mindful of where you park and, and look in your surroundings. It's just, it's pathetic, right, that we have to do that. But... As yeah. we're as we're healing internally, we have to be cautious externally, you know. So just wanted to say that. I know it's I know it's a very strong subject. It was like Beautiful, you know, yeah. but but it's needed. We need to talk about about it because it's we see more and more of our hermanas and being um, kidnapped and and all that. So and even if their moms or they're young, there's no age, unfortunately, you know. But mm-hmm. just wanted to share that. But thank you so much for sharing um your knowledge and you know your desire to make an impact into you know with our community and they can um find you on social media right platforms um 
You said Correct. that you have a Facebook group, um, right? It's Latinas Growth Society. Okay. And in that group, obviously, is um, uh, anyone just could show, join, right? Or is it more yes. like it's filtered? Um, no, uh, anyone can join. Um, I think it's majority women. Right now, I think it's all women. Um, that's, you know, who resonate with, with the, the group, if you will. Um, initially, I had it, you know, differently more geared towards women. But like you said, this Latino growth society is going to be a space where, you know, your dreams, your life, and you grow beyond your imagination. And so anyone is welcome. Okay. Because um, it's a space where we're going to focus on just growth and expansion. Okay. Oh, that's so good. Awesome. Yeah. And then on Instagram, they can follow you on Chris Madrigal, right? So I'll also, right. um, okay, I'll, I'll be putting your link and information on the notes section. Um, but thank you, Chris, so much. I know, you know, um, sometimes it happens with scheduling, but thank you for making the time. And wish you the best. You know, you have my support in any way I can help you. Um, and, you know, I say because we have, like, an impact to do in this in this community of ours, right? Yes, thank you. I, I appreciate your time. I appreciate your expertise and everything that you share uh, this community with all your listeners. Um, so yeah, no, thank you. Thank you so much. So thank you, Chicana and Latina Moms, for listening and stay tuned for more. Adios. Gracias por escuchar. Thank you so much for tuning in the Chicana and Latina Moms podcast. You can find me on Instagram at Chicana underscore Latina Moms podcast. And also, don't forget to leave a review. Gracias. Hey, my Chicana and Latina sisters, please do not forget to leave a review and give me your feedback. I would really appreciate it. This also helps other new listeners know what we're about. Gracias.